Well, um, I've never regretted being in the presence of God. What about you? Thank you for being here, whether you're here in the building or you're joining us online. Um, it's just so good to be in the presence of God this morning. It's so good to be with family, with um, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And I am very aware that this platform wouldn't be here um, for me to stand on without the, the faithfulness and the sacrifice and the dedication of our founding pastors. So Pastors Jonathan and Verna, we love you. And... Um, Let's get started. I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share what you've placed on my heart. Lord, my desire today is that your words would flow through me, uh, that you would speak as you want to speak. I thank you for unction and utterance by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that today, as your word goes forth, that it falls on good ground and that it produces much fruit. Father, as, we, as I speak your word today, I pray that it rightly divides between that is what of uh, the flesh and what's of the spirit. And it opens our eyes to the things that you have for us and the way you've called us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to uh, talk today about living a spirit-led life. And, you know, as we start a new year, um, always at that, that clean slate, that fresh canvas, it's always, okay, what are my goals? What is my focus? Where am I headed this year? And the Lord reminded me of a couple series that we did last year called The Price of Discipleship and the Responsibility of Being a Disciple. Does anybody remember those? Two great series, and I would encourage you to revisit them as even you start the year. But there's been one aspect of discipleship that the Holy Spirit has prompted me in, and that is um, living a spirit-led life. Uh, Pastor Josh actually said in that series, a disciple is sensitive to and submitted to the Holy Spirit. And so what does that mean? What does it mean to live a spirit-led life? What does it mean to live uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit and submitted to the Holy Spirit? Well, first you have to recognize that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And actually, if, if, um, if you're uh, if you serve in, in um, Kingdom Kids or up in Kids World, you know we have a confession that we teach our kids, and it is, um, I am a spirit, I live in a body, I have a mind, my body is talking to my mind, and my spirit is talking to my mind, but I'm going to listen to my spirit. And so we're teaching them at the youngest of ages that they have, that they are a spirit being, and that we as children of God are to be led by our spirit. Romans 8, 15 through 16 says, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we Believers are children of God. So whether you feel like it or not, the Holy Spirit is connecting with your spirit to confirm to you that if you've given your heart to Christ, you are a child of God. As children of God, we are called to live by the Spirit and not our flesh. Well, how do I know this? Well, uh, the Word confirms it. Let's see what the Word says. I'm going to give you some verses here and set some spiritual foundation and we'll go from there, okay? So listen to this. Romans 8. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are living according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh is death, 
but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. The mind of the flesh is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. And those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. However, there's good news, right? You, do what is this called? Elbow your neighbor and say, you, you are not living in the flesh, right? You are not living in the flesh, which means you are not controlled by the sinful nature. But in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God lives in you, directing and guiding you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So then, brothers and sisters, that's us, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, but to live accord, or to live according to the impulses of the flesh, our nature without the Holy Spirit. For if you live according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. You will really live forever. Did you see that word, habitually? For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That tells me, number one, it's a habit. It's not a one-time thing. And number two, I have to allow myself to be led by the Spirit. The Spirit's not going to override, overtake, and force me to do something or make me do something. I have to allow myself to be led by the Spirit of God. Listen to Galatians 5. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek Him and be responsive to His guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. The sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit. And the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature, our flesh, and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other. They are continually in conflict, so that you, as believers, do not always do whatever good things you want to do. How many of you can relate to that? My, our flesh in our spirit, they are continually at war. So if they're constantly at war, then how do we win? You know, the Lord never sets us up to fail. He never sets us up to fail. So he's telling me, hey, your flesh and your spirit, they're always going to be at odds. That means, guess what? You are never actually going to feel like doing the things that are good for your spirit. Very rarely are you actually going to feel like doing everything that God has called you to do. But let's talk about how do we win that war between our flesh and our spirit? What are some tools God's given us? I believe that one of those tools is fasting. Fasting is a spiritual discipline, a tool God has given us to help us live according to the spirit. Fasting is intentionally withholding our desires in order to draw closer to God. It is denying our flesh, and feeding our spirit. Fasting produces spiritual strength, the strength that you need and I need to choose to live by the spirit. Fasting is not about abstaining. It's not about going without. 
It's about filling ourselves with the things of the Spirit and resetting our appetite to the things of the Spirit. I believe that fasting is an expected lifestyle of a follower of Jesus. Jesus actually said, when you fast, not if. In the world, our appetite is dictated by the lack of food. You increase hunger by eating less. How many of you know when you miss a meal? I know. In the kingdom, yes, that's right. Everyone knows when you miss a meal. <laughs> the Snickers commercial. In the kingdom, your appetite is dictated by what you're feeding on. You increase your hunger by eating more. You want to desire the word more? Eat it more. Read it more. You want to desire to be in the presence of God? Spend more time in the presence of God. So if this is such a great tool, and if it's something that God's given us, why do people choose not to fast? Well, one, I just think that we don't understand the power that fasting brings. You know, Isaiah 58 talks about that um, fasting breaks yokes, it removes bondages, it frees the oppressed. I also think that people choose not to fast just because it's hard. It's hard. We are so used to saying yes to our flesh. We are so used to asking ourselves what we feel like and then doing whatever we feel like. But fasting is the opposite of that. Fasting is abstaining from something so that you can teach your flesh, hey, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. And by I, I mean my spirit because I am a spirit being first and foremost. Fasting is hard. It's a supernatural thing. It is beyond your ability and you need the power of God to accomplish it. So why should we fast? Without fasting, you are easily susceptible to being led by your flesh. You know, we live in a time and a day and an hour where we cannot afford to be led by our flesh. There is too much at stake. Culture today is directly opposed to the word. We are living in a time where Living by our flesh is prevalent. And in fact, if you aren't living by your flesh, you can start to feel out of place. There is a pressure and a culture that is trying to press us to live according to how we feel, to make decisions according to how we feel, to build habits around how we feel. Everything right now, this is what it feels like, so much is being looked at by how it affects me how your decisions and your choices and what you said affected me. But that's not how we are called to live as children of God. That's not how we are called to live as people on this earth that God has placed in this time and this hour to make a difference. This is what's happening right now. When we're led by our flesh instead of our spirit, we cancel people instead of getting to know their story. We make statements instead of having conversations. We isolate instead of engaging with what we don't know or we don't understand or we don't like because it challenges our own beliefs and thoughts. We dehumanize, dismiss, and make fun of people. Whole people groups, ethnicities, and political parties without actually looking to know people as individuals and hearing their heart. We paint everyone with the same brush instead of being led by the Holy Spirit in our interactions and responses. 
We let social media posts and YouTube videos influence us more than the word of God. I have seen people change whole um, theologies and mindsets and, and relationships and churches and everything else simply because of something they read online. Not because they took what they heard and took it to the word to see how it compared to what the word said and what God says, but because they just read it and heard it and it connected with a way that they feel and an emotion that they have. And they chose to be led by that feeling and emotion instead of what does the word of God say? Instead of saying, Holy Spirit, I need your wisdom right now. I need to know this, something caught me here. Is this, what's going on? How do I need to deal with this? We give room to labels that are put on us, diagnosis and all kinds of things, triggers, all kinds of stuff because of past experiences and traumas. And we own those things and we think this is how it will always be. But we need to go to the word and see what God says about our situation and get the wisdom and direction from the Holy Spirit on how to heal. Listen, God is a restorer. He makes new he makes new. We're living in a time where we even have people who are choosing to not tell their children what gender they are, but they're going to ask them what they feel like they are. Culture is so directly opposed to the word of God. And we've read that if we live according to the spirit and according to the word, it's life. It's real life. It's true life. This is why we have to be led by the Spirit. We need the strength to create our own environments from the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God instead of living in the environment of the world. Number two, we are called to bring light into dark places. Please hear me. There are things that we should separate ourselves from. There are things that we should flee from. And the Bible even tells us to run from certain things. But there are a lot more things where we are the ones called to bring light into the dark space. We are called to bring truth into lies, the miraculous into the impossible, the supernatural into the natural, peace into chaos, unity in the midst of division, Love where there's hate, disrespect, and indifference. Joy where there is depression, worry, and anxiety. Freedom where there's been bondage and oppression and trauma. Healing where there is sickness, both mentally and physically. That's who we are called to be. These things do not change. Listen, these things do not change without us bringing Jesus into them. And we will not have the strength, the courage, the fortitude, the wisdom, or the boldness to bring Jesus into them without being led by the Spirit. More than ever, we have got to be led by the Spirit. If we are so bent on how we feel about everything and we react from our flesh instead of living from our spirit, we miss out on so much. We miss out on the opportunity to be a witness. We miss out on making memories with family that we disagree with. We miss out on relationships and friendships that, were, that are godly and were meant to strengthen us and sharpen us and cause us to grow. We unplug from healthy churches and disconnect from the family that God has given us. 
we end up asking ourselves who we feel like we are and who we feel like we love, which produces gender identity issues and all kinds of sexual confusion. We react out of our emotions and situations instead of responding from the Spirit. It's so easy to react from our flesh. Like it's all right there on the surface. But we are not called to be reactionary. We are called to live from our spirit. You know, every, for the past few years, every year I have um, put together a confession for myself that I speak over myself. And um, I always kind of just take time to ask the Lord, you know, what do I need to speak over myself? What verses, that type of thing. And one of the ones that he has had me put in my confession for this year that I speak over myself in the morning is Psalm 119, 165. It says, great peace have they who love your law. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. We are living in a time where people are, we are, get offended about everything. Everything. Every little thing, like I'm shocked at the number of things that I see. Like, how can you, how can you get offended by that? I don't understand. What's going on? Listen, I don't have an expectation that any of that is going to go away or change. But I have the expectation that I can live in this world as he's called me to, in the world, but not of the world. So I'm going to choose to be in the word and understand I have great peace because I love your word and nothing is going to offend me or cause me to stumble. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what you choose to do. That's on you. I, we tell, we tell our kids, you are the boss of your body, right? Miss Diantelene's not here today, but she, oh my gosh, is a godsend when it comes to parenting. She has a book, Raising Kids Who Make Right Choices. You need that book. But she taught me that, and I teach my kids, you are the boss of your body. You, Hunter, you don't have control over what Emmy's doing, but you have control over how you react to Emmy, our seven-year-old and our three-year-old. So if she's screaming and irritating you, don't get back in her face and scream and irritate back. It doesn't do anything, right? All it does is shoot the level of stress in our home up like a thousand notches, right? So instead, we're saying, you're the boss of your body. You're responsible to how you respond to her. So let's talk about how you respond in those situations. Okay, the same applies to us. Let's talk about someone says something you don't like. Someone says something and it hits you a wrong way. Some of us, we don't react volume-wise. We shut down. We back away. We say, okay, well, if you're going to say that, if you're going to talk like that, well... I'm done. What? That's not who we're called to be. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love believes the best. Love believes the best. I know that that's not always easy. It's not always easy to be led by my spirit. But that's why I get spiritual disciplines in place to help me be led by my spirit. It's not always easy to say, love believes the best. I don't understand that. I'm actually really irritated right now. And I'd really like to have a few choice words, but I'm going to choose to believe the best. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And when the relationship's really worth it to me and when I really care about people, then I'm willing to go to that person and say, hey, I don't know if you're aware of this, 
But this is what happened, and this is how it came across. Can we talk about it? That's who we're called to be. That's being a child of God. That's being led by the Spirit. Do you know, being led by the Spirit is producing the fruit of the Spirit. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Goodness. There's one more I'm missing. I know there's more. Anyway, but love. Love is the first one that's listed. All right. Why else do I fast? Because it's biblical. I choose to fast because I see it in the Word of God. There's so many different types of fasts. Um, Whole nations were called to fast, individuals, families, tribes. People fasted before big events. They fasted for breakthroughs. They fasted for answers. They did partial fasts, water fasts, 40-day fasts. You can fast anything that God puts on your heart to do. And I'll say this. If you tend to live a pretty clean and healthy lifestyle, food is probably not the thing that you're going to fast, right? Because, well, I'm going to cut out carbs. I'm going to cut out sugar. Well, don't you do that normally? Well, yeah. Okay, well, that's not really a fast. A fast needs to cost you something. A fast, you need to feel a fast. And so really what the Lord's put on my heart is I need to fast the things that I kind of go to when I want to de-stress or unwind. Those comforts right? It's been a long day, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just want to check out. So I'm just going to watch a show, right? I'm just going to watch one episode of my favorite show. And I'm like, well, it's just one episode. Let me just, I think I should watch one more, right? And I go, I'm only going to do it tonight. Tomorrow, I'm going to get back on track. Tomorrow, I'm going to pick up my books again tomorrow. But then I do it again the next night, right? Because I haven't taken the time to fill my spirit, feed my spirit. So tomorrow, when at the end of the day, I'm actually just as stressed as I was yesterday, except it's compounded because the second day has been added on. And then the third day, and then the fourth day. Right? Amen. And we get off track. Yeah. And you think, wait a second. What, what happened? So I would encourage you to fast something that's going to cost you something. Fast something that you're going to miss. Fast the thing that you go to instead of going to God. All right, number four. Why else do we fast? We fast because we understand our lives are not our own. How we live matters and it affects others. Now, I, I found John 6.38, this verse, when I was a teenager, and it says, Jesus came down from heaven, not, Jesus said, I came down from heaven um, not to do my own will, but to do the will of my Father who sent me. And that's been my foundational verse from the time I read it and it went off in me to understanding, hey, this is not about what I want to do. I'm not here to do what I want to do. I'm here to do the reason God put me here. I'm here to do the reason that God created me. I want to fulfill that purpose. How many of you have been blessed by IFC? Does IFC matter to you? You're happy it's here? You are living in someone else's yes to live by the Spirit. You are living in Pastors Jonathan and Verna's yes to being led by the Spirit. That That should mean something. That should have weight to you. You choosing to say yes to the Spirit matters to the people that are attached to your life. And I don't just mean people in terms of your family, but I mean the souls 
that are attached to your life. I mean the witness that you are supposed to be in your realm of influence. Yes, it matters in your marriage. Yes, it matters in who you marry. Yes, it matters in your parenting. Yes, it matters in your leading and and your coaching and your career. It matters in all those things. But it also matters to those that God's called you to reach, to those that you are supposed to take with you to heaven. When we choose our flesh, we're choosing ourselves over God. Listen, I I know fasting is not not an easy thing. I know that it's a supernatural thing and I need Jesus to do it. And, you know, there's such a thing going around right now about um, self-care and self-love. But, you know, loving ourselves, that's actually in the Bible. It's not a worldly thing. The word actually tells us, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But loving myself means that I find my identity in Christ. Loving myself means that I know who I am from the word of God, and I use the disciplines and the tools in the word of God to fill me up. It's, if we're not careful, self-care and self-love can turn into self-indulgence. And caring for myself, I have to go to God first. Listen, I love spa days. I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, give, the, give me all the spa days. I can tune out. No one says mommy for a couple hours. Like, the phone is off. No one needs anything. I, I love it. But, you know, what I'm endeavoring to do is be led by, my, by the Spirit and asking the Lord, about my schedule, about my pace, about the rhythm of life for my family, so that I don't ever get to the place where I'm so burnt out that I'm living according to my flesh and my emotions and my feelings instead of, cho- instead of choosing to live from my spirit. We already know it's difficult to live from our spirit. So we've got to give ourselves all the help that we can. And guess what? The Holy Spirit, he's our helper. That's actually one of his roles is our helper and our strengthener. So we have to rely on him. Today, more than ever, we cannot afford to live a life that is not spirit-led. We have to be led in every area of our lives. I love technology. I love that there is so much information so readily available. But listen, if you're not taking that information to the word to see if it lines up with the word, or to see if it's contrary to the principles of the word and the kingdom that God has established. You might be building your house on the wrong foundation. You might be putting principles to practice in your marriage and your parenting that are not of the word. You might be spinning your wheels trying to move through a difficult situation um, and, and get healing from something when God has a better way right? Yes, we have to establish routines and boundaries. We have to love ourselves. We have to care for ourselves, but we need to do all of it led by the Spirit. Listen, this is not a time, parents, just for a moment, this is not a time where you just hand over an iPhone to your kid. It's not a time where we just give them carte blanche to whatever they can on the internet. And I know it's difficult, computers and laptops and iPads and all these things are in schools now and they do their homework on them. But listen, if you're not setting some boundaries in place, if you're not making yourself aware of what they're doing, 
And I get it. We have three kids and full-time jobs to, to, to not just, to sometimes just dismiss and say, okay, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. I get it. I get that. I'm, I'm tired too. But then there's something on the inside of me that says, oh, wait a second. Back up. Really listen to what they just said. Really listen to what they just asked. Really listen to what you just said yes to. And I have to stop and think, okay, wait a second. How do I handle this, Holy Spirit? What do you want me to do? But see, if, if I don't have, if I'm not attentive to the Holy Spirit, if I'm not aware of Him, then I miss that. I miss that little nudging. I miss that little leading. And, and parents, we're the gatekeepers. And we're teaching them to be the gatekeepers. You know, we were out of, well, not a few, a few months ago now when it, was, when it was warm enough to be outside walking around like and enjoy it. Um, we were on a walk to the playground and, you know, Hunter, our oldest, is seven. And I saw a group of like eight or nine-year-old boys on the playground that we were at all gathered around one kid's phone, iPhone, watching something, laughing. And I turned to my husband. I said, oh, my gosh. It hit me. I said, it's not just about us not giving him a phone. It's about teaching him not to watch whatever someone pulls up on their phone. I thought, oh, my Lord, how do I do this, Lord? How do I do this? I can't be with him. How do I protect him? And the Holy Spirit said, you teach him to follow me. You teach him to be led by his spirit. They're never too young. And they're never too old for you to start. It's so important. It's life or death. Thank you. Fasting helps us live by the Spirit. Listen, fasting isn't just a 21-day experience for the believer. It's a lifestyle. I've really felt impressed this for this year from the Holy Spirit. And I would just issue this to you too, that this is not a 21-day experience, that fasting is a lifestyle, and that this is not the last time that I fast this year. Instead, I need to get in the habit of denying my flesh simply so that it knows who is boss. So I, I just want to leave you with this. As we walk this out, make a commitment to grow as a disciple this year and being led by the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, how can I grow? You know fasting, right? What else can I do? Join us in prayer. Listen, you can, you can fast all the things and deny yourself all you want, but if you're not putting something back in, then you're not, you're not becoming spiritually strong. So join us in prayer. And I'll say this, we're at 6.30 in the morning, 12 p.m., Friday night, 7.30 in person. Listen, I'll just be real with you. I don't like praying online. I don't. It's uncomfortable. It's not the way I would prefer to do it. When 
you know, pre-COVID and all that, when we were having early morning prayer up in the cafe, loved it. Here, six o'clock in the morning, let's go. It was a stretch and a challenge for my flesh. This online stuff is a stretch and a challenge in a different way, right? But I'm still gonna choose to do it because I still need to pray, I still need to hear the word, and I still need to participate. Choose to fast, right? Don't treat it like a diet, pick something that brings you comfort. Pick something that you're gonna miss and then feed your spirit. Whatever you feed, whatever you feed on, whatever you feed, it will lead you. So if you feed your flesh, it's gonna lead you. If you feed your spirit, it's gonna lead you. Will you stand with me? I'll just take a minute to pray for us. Thank you so much for listening with your spirit, your heart, or allowing the word to get inside of your heart and your spirit. Lord, here we are. We're your children. And we ask that you would lead us by your spirit. Lord, if there's anything in our lives that is hindering us from being led by the spirit, if there's anything that is keeping us from recognizing your voice and recognizing your leadership and your guidance, I ask you to reveal that to us. Here in this moment and over the, and over the next few weeks as we finish out our 21 days, I thank you, Father, that we are a body of believers, a family who are sensitive to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. And we are quick and prompt to obey your leading and your guiding. We choose to respond from our spirit instead of react from our flesh. I thank you for your word, Father, and that the entrance of your word brings light and life. In Jesus' name, amen.